ओम साम सरस्वती नमः नमस्ते नमस्ते एवरीवन ऑन पेज 107 ऑफ द चंडीपाठ बुक वी गोइंग टू बिगिन द नवर्णविधि एंड नाउ अथा the system of worship with the nine lettered mantra may the lord of wisdom be victorious om presenting the highly efficacious mantra of nine letters the lords of creation preservation and destruction or transformation are the the seers gayatri ushnuk anushtub 24 28 and 32 syllables to the verse are the meters and remember gayatri is the meter of morning so we begin with we begin the day with gayatri and ushtik is the min meter of the midday and anushtup uh, is the the meter of the evening so we got morning noon and night representing the three chapters the beginning the middle and the end the three episodes of the chandi which is how do i put too much into a little into balance how do i define and clarify my goals and give up all the limitations that preclude me from accomplishing my highest aspiration and then how do i destroy the armies of self conceit and self deprecation and this is the beginning the middle and the end those are that's the meter the great remover of darkness mahakali the great goddess of true wealth mahalakshmi and the great goddess of all pervading knowledge mahasaraswati are the deities aim is the seed hream is the energy cling is the pin for the satisfaction of the great remover of darkness the great goddess of true wealth the great goddess of all pervading knowledge this system is applied in recitation Now we're going to establish the seers. Oh my bow to the seers, the lords of creation, preservation and destruction, transformation. I bow to the meters in my mouth. Gayatri Ushnukan Anushtub everything that I speak will come out to be the poetry of Sanskrit. And I bow to the deities, the remover of darkness, the the great goddess of true wealth, the great goddess of all pervading knowledge in my heart. And oh my bow to aim in my butt and oh my bow to aim in my feet no my bow to the pin clean in, in the navel oh my aim ring clean chamundai biche and we're just going to say the mantra without saying the entire definition every time we say the mantra because we'll be here all night although it's really a wonderful definition we'll get more in depth into the definition of amrim clean chamundai bibiche when we this uh, when we begin to study the siddha kunjika stotra and now we're going to establish her mantra in our fingers in our hands om ring in the thumb i bow that's wisdom in my thumbs om ring in the forefinger i one with god all the my i can point to om kaleem in the middle finger can you see how we're just making if the ultimate purity purify and that's the sense the culmination the termination so in hurrying 
Kling. Chamunda and the ring finger cut the ego and Vichche. Remember, Vich is the Samvit and Che is Chaitanya. And the Samvit is all that is knowable. All that has it fits into the body of knowledge is the Samvit. The knowledge of all. Sam, be. The Samvit is the knowledge of all, the total body, like the Logos. All that can be known. And Che is Chaitanya, and that means consciousness. And Vichche is in the little finger. Omeng, ring, cling, chamundagi, Vichche, with the weapon of virtue. And forwards and backwards, and it means that I, my hands coming and going, I've got it forwards and backwards. It's, it's mine, with the weapon of virtue. Clap and dispel all anemical vibrations. And in the heart, I bow to aim in the heart. There's wisdom in my heart. I bow to ream on the top of the head. I am one with God. I bow to clean on the back of the head. I purify. I bow to chamunda, crossing both arms, cut the ego. Om, I bow to Biche in the three eyes, the ultimate purity. Om, ring, cling, chamundaki, Biche. Roll hand over hand, forwards and back, with the weapon of purity. Clap, I dispel all inimical vibrations. Om, ring, cling, chamundaki, Biche. Om, ring. I bow to aim on the top of the head, I bow to ream in the right eye, I bow to claim in the left eye, I bow to chum in the right ear, I bow to moon in the left ear, I bow to dong in the right nostril, I bow to yang in the left nostril, I bow to bing in the mouth and chang in the butt. Oming ring ring Oh, I bow to aim in the north, I bow to aim in the east, I bow to claim in the south, I bow to chamunda in the west, I bow to biche in the northwest, I bow, oh, I bow to aim in the northeast, I bow to aim in the southeast, I bow to claim in the southwest, and I bow to chamunda looking up, I bow to biche looking down, and oh, my ring, 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 chamunda, biche, there is nowhere where you are not. You're everywhere. I, that's the lady who gets around. And now we're going to meditate on the form of the three goddesses, bearing in her ten hands the sword of worship, the discus of revolving time, the club of articulation, the bow of determination, uh, the iron bar of restraint, the pike of attention, the sling of unity, or the net of unity, the head of egotism, and the conch of vibrations. She has three eyes and displays ornaments on all her limbs. She has three eyes on each head. She's got ten heads. She's got thirty eyes. Uh, she's got ten heads, she's got ten arms, she's got ten feet. The ten heads she sees in all the directions at the same time. She sees everything. You can't hide from her. She's got ten arms because she's got five organs of action and five organs of knowledge, das Indriya. And she's got ten feet because she dances like crazy. She is Mother Nature dancing on the stage of consciousness and everything we perceive is the dead.
because she dances. She said, that lady knows how to boogie. <laughs> Shining like a blue gem, she has ten faces. I worship that great remover of darkness whom the lotus-born creative capacity praised in order to slay too much and too little when the supreme consciousness was in sleep. That's the first episode where Brahma is praised with the tantric uh, Ratri Shukta, he praised Maha, uh, Yoganidra in the form of Mahakali and said, okay, give up this, your asan in Vishnu. Give a, let Vishnu return to waking consciousness and fight these guys too much and too little and put them in balance for me so uh, they, I've got the right amount and they're not going to devour me. She with a beautiful face the destroyer of the great ego is seated upon the lotus of peace. In her hand, she holds the rosary of alphabets, the battle axe of good actions, the club of articulations. Every time you say a mantra, you articulate a mantra, you hit an asura over the head with your club. The arrow of speech, the thunderbolt of illumination, the lotus of peace, the bow of determination, the water pot of purification, the staff of discipline, energy, the sword of worship, the shield of faith, and the conscious vibrations, the bell of continuous tone, the wine cup of joy, the pike of concentration, the net of unity, and the discus of revolving time named excellent intuitive vision. I worship that great goddess of true wealth. Bearing in her lotus hands the bell of continuous tone, the pike of concentration, the plow sowing the seeds of the way of truth to wisdom, the conch of vibrations, the pestle of refinement, the discus of revolving time, the bow of determination, the arrow of speech, whose radiance is like the moon in autumn, whose appearance is most beautiful, who is manifested from the body of she who is rays of light, and is the support of the three worlds, that great goddess of all-pervading knowledge who destroyed self-conceits and other thoughts, I worship. <clears throat> Om Aim, I bow to the rosary of letters. This mala has all the letters of Sanskrit on it. It's got 54 letters of evolution and 54 letters of involution. She's got every vibration. She's got the bij mantra of every object and relationship in creation. I've got the entire world. I've got the whole world in my hands. <laughs> Oh, my rosary, the great measurement of consciousness containing all energy within as your intrinsic nature. Give to me the attainment of your perfection, fulfilling the four objectives of life, dharma, artha, kama, moksha. I want to achieve the ideal of perfection. I need certain resources in order to maintain that balance. I want to be free from any other desire, so I only want to be one with you, and that is moksha.
That is self-realization. That is liberation. Oh, Rosary, you please remove all obstacles. I hold you in my right hand. See her here, Miss Rosary. You, at the time of recitation, be pleased with me. Allow me to attain the highest perfection. It is totally within your capacity. You can make me pay attention exclusively to you. Every time I say a mantra, I'll move one bead. Oh, man. Hey, Miss Rosary, please, Mala, you be kind to me. I'm going to move you. I'm going to make you as smooth as I can. Why are you so Well, she could be Mr. This is a Davy Mundir. Why not Miss? Uh, oh, Rosary of Rudraksha seeds, my Lord, give to me excellent attainment, give to me, give to me, illuminate the meanings of all mantras, illuminate, illuminate. You want to wear, you want to learn Sanskrit, wear them all. She will illuminate the meanings of all the mantras. She will give to you, fashion me with all excellent attainments. Fashion me, fashion me. It's up to you, Miss Mala. <laughs> oh, I am one with God. Om in ring kling chamundai viche. A hundred and eight times each mala. In, in, in the cosmic puja, we do ten malas. And uh, sometimes we do ten malas before and ten malas after. And then after the ten malas, or after the one mala 108 <laughs> times, <laughs> then we say, oh goddess, you are the protector of the most secret of mystical secrets. It's not well known. It's not well advertised. It's deeply hidden in my heart. Uh, you, it is very, very secret. It's in a very hidden place. You gotta go inside to find out. You gotta open the doors to the secret in order to find the secret. Please accept the recitation that I have offered and grant to me the attainment of perfection. I'll be your best friend <laughs> with sugar and candy on top. <laughs> and now we have one more meditation. I meditate upon the three-eyed goddess Durga, the reliever of difficulties. Remember, Durga is difficult, an obstacle. It's a difficulty, and Durga takes away the Durga. The luster of her beautiful body is like lightning. She sits upon the shoulders of a lion, that's Dharma, and appears very fierce. Many maidens, there's Shivani, and there's Pratima, and there's Rami Mami, are, are holding double-edged sword and shield in their hands, are standing at readiness to serve her. She holds in her hands the discus, the club, the double-edged sword, the shield, the arrow, the bow, the net, and the mudra, connecting the thumb and the pointer finger with the other three fingers extended upwards, indicating the granting of wisdom. Uh, the thumb and the f pointer finger, 
Aha! With the other three fingers extending upwards. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and I knew it didn't make sense. So I was, I was doing <laughs> Indicating the granting of wisdom. That's Gyan Mudra. Her intrinsic nature is fire. And upon her head she wears the moon as a crown. Oh. Oh. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. And we had a lot of questions left over from last night, so we're going to stop right here. And in our next session, we'll start the text of the Chandipat. But for right now, let's see if there are any questions. Yes, please. We have a question from Swarupananda in Seattle. Namaste, Swarupananda. Pranam. What is the significance of rolling our hands over each other during the nyas? We are forwards and backwards, going and coming, upwards and over and all sides and further, in every way possible, I dedicate and consecrate myself unto you. So here it is, I'm giving you the business, madam. Madam Goddess, everything I do, whether I do it forwards, I do it backwards, I do it in the center, I do it on the right side, the left side, I'm consecrating every motion, every action unto you. When you do backward and forward, you are really making tied with mantra. Yeah, you're, you're, you're tying <laughs> the knot. <laughs> you're cementing the relationship. Yes, please. Uh, what are the fruits of reciting the Navarnavidi? Because Ma had me do it twice a day. And so does that help you understand the Navarna mantra better? Or what is it, what is it? The Navarnavidi is the full system of worshipping with the Navarna mantra. The Navarna mantra is the Mool mantra, the Bij mantra of the Chandipat. It is the mantra which extols the three goddesses and the three episodes and the three chapters or the, the three stories and therefore it is the root of the, the essence of worship with the Navarana mantra. It's the whole vidi. Hmm. Yes, please. We have a question from Tukaram. Yes, Tukaram, namaste. Welcome home. The mantras mentioned in Aksha, uh, mentioned Aksha beads. Can we use a different mala, like Spatik? You can. Uh, it, it's traditional in the worship of Durga, Kali, uh, and Chande to use Rudraksh. Uh, Spatik is used for uh, Lakshmi and Saraswati. Uh, and, uh, but Mama wears uh, uh, Mukta. And she also wears uh, 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 Coral. Mother. And those are also mother ma ma malas. So yes, uh, uh, we're not going to concern ourselves with the substance of the mala. We're going to concern ourselves with the attention and attentiveness of the worshiper. We have a question from Sharanya. Namaste Sharanya Ma. In regards to paying people, to, the impure sadhana, paying people to do puja for you, does this apply to planetary pujas? Is it wrong to have others do them for you? Is participating in such a thing an impure sadhana? No, not, it's not a sadhana at all unless you do it. <laughs> if you don't do it and you just write a check, well, that's a very, very small sadhana. 
It's a small sacrifice. Now, sadhana is what we do ourselves. We and Certainly, it doesn't harm to have anybody worship on your behalf. The more people that will bless me, the happier I am. And I think I end every email thanking everybody for their blessing me. Because I do want everybody's blessings. But the sadhana is what I do myself. When I sing the Chandipat, when I do the puja, when I, uh, and uh, I certainly I want others to worship on my behalf. I, I pre much prefer that rather than sending curses at me. <laughs> no, please, if you, if you have any extra breath, send me a blessing. Uh, but sadhana is what we will do ourselves, my discipline. We have a related question from Nanda. Namaste, Nandama. Is praying for the welfare or health of others trying to correct their karma, is this impure discipline? No, it is definitely not impure. What is impure is saying, you pay me to worship. You go to work, you go sweat it out in the sweatshop all day long and give, bring home the money and give the money to me, so I'll sit home and go rom, 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 and you'll get the benefits of my tapasya. That's wrong. What is right is I'm doing this sadhana, this discipline, this because I love God, I love mankind, I love God's creation, I, re I love to worship. Now, I'm going to give you all the blessings I possibly can, and you will give me all the blessings that you feel are appropriate within your capacity. You will definitely, if I'm sending you blessings, you'll definitely want to do what you can to empower me to bless you more. You will definitely want to do that. But if I say, if I, I'm going to change your karma, give me some money, you can't get to heaven without a donation, and I am the appropriate recipient. <laughs> then I'm a little bit of a scoundrel. <laughs> that is impure. We have a question from Ambika, temporarily from Connecticut. Namaste, Ambika Ma. Um, a question related to the Navarna Mantra. Yes, please. What is the advantage of chanting the Navarna Mantra at 4 a.m. compared to other times of day? At the Brahma Mohurt, before the Usha, the dawn dawns, the world is silent. Well, except for crazy people get up in the middle of the night and chant loudly. <laughs> Ostensibly, the world is quiet and everybody isn't so active in their karmas at four in the morning. So, why not create this vibration when people wake up, they'll feel, find and feel a world full of joy, full of the Varna Mantra, full of Chandi, full of the goddess, full of, that's what they say to me, Swami, you're full of it. <laughs> Sattaguna. Sattaguna. Yes. We have a question from Julia. Namaste, Julia Ma. Namaste. For deities, we often add ye to the end of the name, just like Chamundaye. 
Please tell us more about this. Yes, it is dative case for feminine. It's singular dative. And that means to a lady. I'm giving this to the lady. So, Mahasaraswati. Uh, to Mahasaraswati. However, Om Namah Shivaya. That's to a boy. Uh, that's a dative masculine. Uh, so it, it's a grammatical construction. We have a question from Dan. Yes, Dan, namaste. Relating to the kavach that can be made with the 108 names of Durga, do we actually write the full sloka on a bojpatra, or is there some kind of short version? And is, this the, is it only the material goal to become the Lord of Wealth, or does it have some spiritual meaning? Uh, the, it, it is uh, the Lord of Wealth is the Lord of Shri. The Lord of sh sha, Shanti, Ira, your mind, E, your heart. And that is the wealth. That's the wealth that we're promoting, uh, for the most part. <laughs> but, uh, you can write the mantra as, as a beach. Or you can draw the yantra with a beach in the center. Or, there are many, many ways of doing it. <laughs> According to your goal, according to your motivation, according to your capacity. All of these criteria will come into to play when we may decide which kind of kavach you're going to wear and what kind of inscription you would want. We have a number of questions from Nanda, so I'm just going to... Yeah, certainly, Nandama. <laughs> <laughs> Does the highest meaning of the goddess refer here to the Navarna mantra or the Sri Vidya mantra? Oh, it refers to the highest meaning of the goddess, which is beyond mantra. It re refers to the Sri Vidya, which is the knowledge which gives the highest respect, the peace, and the perfection of peace in your mind and your heart. We're not talking about the, the academics. This isn't just about this mantra or that mantra. It's about going beyond the mantras. We have a question from Lori in Calgary. Namaste, Lori, and we're going to see you very soon. With regard to the establishment of the seers in the hearts, hands, letters, the different yasas in the body, would these also relate to the nadis in the body? For example, is the pusha nadi, that the pusha nadi is related to the right eye, and the letter hreem is related to the right eye? Uh, they, they don't really have such a correspondence. Now, don't intellectualize this thing to death. You don't have to beat it uh, up so badly. It's not about chopping it up into little segments and saying this means that and this refers to this and that. Get the holistic spiritual message and inculcate that into your behavior. It's not about memorizing facts for a test. It, it, the test is a school of life. And how do we go through life? This is really the examination that we're going to face, Laurie. So, you want the whole essence of the message. And don't get so close to the tree that you miss the forest. Take some time to smell the flowers. Yes, please. <laughs>
Uh, why does the goddess have the moon of devotion on her head as her crown, like Shiva? Why not? She wears, I mean, she comes in the same form as their husbands came. Uh, all the goddesses came as well. So Shiva had the moon of devotion on his head, and so she wears the moon of devotion on her head. Can't you see it there? <laughs> yes. Okay. We have a question from Fred. Yes, Fred, namaste. How do I set goals, which I have always considered to be a focus to fulfill a desire, pray for them, and remain unattached and free in accepting Shiva's will? Fred, when you, we, we have to have a goal in order to have a path. And you have to have a direction in order to, to be efficient in life. You couldn't even come to Devi Mandir if you didn't have a goal. Yeah, you couldn't find the road to go to Devi Mandir if you didn't know where you were going. Now, how quickly you get here is really in her hands. How efficiently you proceed is up to you. But how quickly you get here is in her hands. He may say, well, there's some construction on that road. You need to take a detour. She may say, I'm going to make you go by a different route. So now we won't be attached to the route by which we get there or the fruit that we find along the way. We will take some time to smell the flowers as we walk through the forest. But we know we're going on the right path to an intended and defined definition. So being free from attachment doesn't mean having no goals. You can't live life without goals. You have to have a goal. You have to do something. Might as well define what it's going to be. Otherwise, you're going to blow with the wind in any direction the wind blows. But even though you have a defined goal and you have a strategy and you have a plan, you know that things are going to come along along the way and they'll, they'll move you a little bit within the banks of your river, within the banks of your course, they'll move you along your way. We won't be attached to that. We'll certainly, the fulfillment is in making the journey, Fred. The fulfillment is not in reaching the destination. <laughs> when you reach the destination, you say, yay! <laughs> now what? <laughs> Every time. The celebration of a fulfilling the goal is short-lived. The journey is what makes it, it life so exciting, so fulfilling. It's never, I gotta get there quickly. But it's going, the process. So that's where we give up our attachments. And we say, okay, I'm going, and I know where I'm going, and I'm going efficiently, and I'm proceeding, but I, I will, or I may very well confront obstacles along the way or detours along the way. And I accept that. She gave me the detour and I accept it. We have a question from Usha. Namaste. Pranam, 
Could you help me understand correctly? Yesterday, I thought I heard you say that in the Chandi, Lakshmi is Sattva and Saraswati is Rajas. But in the Jnana mantras, the first is Kali, then Lakshmi is true wealth, and Saraswati is all-pervading knowledge. How should I understand this correctly? You should not! <laughs> <laughs> you should not! Uh, in some scriptures, Lakshmi and Saraswati are reversed. In various scriptures, Lakshmi is Sattva or Rajas. And in other scriptures, Saraswati is Sattva or Rajas. So there's no way to understand it logically. Which scripture do you want to throw out? I wouldn't throw any of them out. I just understand it in my heart that, how does it work for me? There's no way to logically understand it. I'm sorry, Usha. I wish I had a better explanation, but some scriptures have it one way, other scriptures have it another way. We have a question from Ch uh, Chandrika. Namaste, Chandrika! Namaste, Swamiji. Could you explain Diksha more fully? Yes. But it'll take a while. <laughs> I've got to go deep in order to explain Diksha because there is a solemnification of a relationship that already exists. Like you agreed to marry that guy you live with. And then you had a solemnification, you had a ceremony, we cemented it and took vows and we, we express that love and that communion. So, Diksha has so many levels of meaning. There is an intuitive understanding, a grasping, a grokking of our unity. And that's the real Diksha, where there's this transference of energy. We just feel like we're one in knowledge, in love, in wisdom, in worship, in focus, in, in our aspiration, in our method. You are the example I want to follow. I just feel that in my heart. The core of my being speaks that you are the example I want to follow. And you say, yes. And that's Diksha. And then there's a ceremony of Diksha where we get married and say in front of God, yeah, <laughs> you are the example and the vibration and the bhavana and the feeling and the attitude and the, and the way of worship and the, the way, the path. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And we say that in front of God. And then there's this bond, which is enhanced, and it grows. And as the, I become more attuned with my example, and att attunement means really at one -ment. As I become more, more at one in the unity with that example, there ceases to be a distinction between us. You look in the mirror, you see the sheesh. 
You, you look at the example, you see the disciple, you look at the disciple, you see a pure reflection of the guru. And that's what Diksha is all about. There's a transference of, of knowledge, of energy, of mantra, of consciousness, and often, most often, it results in a real spiritual epiphany. You can feel it. You feel the reality of the transference of energy. And you get the mantra, you get the rishi, you get the chondo, you get the deity. And that's why you study the Navarnavidi instead of just doing the Navarna mantra. Because mm -hmm. when you take diksha in a mantra, you do, you take the rishi, the chondo, the devata, uh, uh, the kilikam, uh, the pin, and the energy as well. So you get the whole message. You don't take a mantra out of a book. Mm -hmm. It's different than taking a mantra off the internet or out of a book. I've got an example. I see someone who's using it. I see how she's using it. I see what it's done for her. How does she sit? How does she breathe? How does she chant? How does she put the flowers? What is it? Can I make puja like that? That's diksha. Yes, please. I used to think that I heard you guys internally a lot, and then I got to this point where I realized that you were telling me something completely different than what my thoughts were. So at that point, I was just like, okay, I'm just only going to listen to what you tell me on the outside. But, you know, that's, that's kind of hard because I should be hearing you within too. So how should I reconcile that? Oh, you will use your common sense and your conscience to know what is right and what is wrong. And if you have doubt, know that Ma or I are not talking to you. <laughs> if you are responding emotionally, that's not us telling you what to do. If you are doing, responding selfishly, that's not us telling you what to do. If you're doing the right thing, know it came from God and Guru. You'll feel it. Yes, please. We have another initiation question from Nanda. Yes, please. Is initiation in the Navarna Mantra the same as initiation in the Chandi? Uh, it's, it's an aspect of the Chandi. So the Navarna Mantra is an initiation in the Mool Mantra, the root meaning of the Chandi. Now, you've been chanting Chandi with us for 20 years. Uh, you've been initiated in the Chandi. We inspired the practice within you. We taught you the meaning of the mantras. We've sat through so many classes explaining it. And we gave you the essence of the Chandi. So uh, the, the Varna Mantra is the foundation upon which you build all of the extra curriculum that applies to the Chandi path. More questions from Nanda? Are there other people to ask questions? Not so many, Swamiji. Okay. Well, then let's uh, take Nanda's question. <laughs> is, there a certain, is there a certain one sadhana for each person that clicks with them or fits with them as for you and the Chandi? Yes, there is. 
There is one sadhana that inspires each one of you. And each one of you came to me and came to Ma because your ideal was the Chandi and the cosmic puja and the worship of all the deities of the universe. And that's why you gravitated to gurus like Srima and teachers like Swamiji. Because you had this ideal of universal love. You had this idea that spirituality wasn't to build a fence around you and, and keep you from other disciplines. You had an ideal that you could sing for, for Chandi, you could sing for Durga, you could sing for Lakshmi, Saraswati, Kali, Ram, Hanuman, Krishna, Ramakrishna. You had the goal, the ideal that Jotomotototot but my goal is Sarva Dharma Samanya. As many as there are individuals, so many are the ways of proceeding towards God, but my goal is to be one with everyone. I want to be in harmony with every religious experience and every religious teaching and every religious occasion. I just want to live the Dharma. That was your bhavana, and that's how you came to the Devi Mandir to this association because of the universality. And that would, and if that no longer is your bhavana, then take any other scripture and study it. You're in harmony with us. God knows that we are as eclectic as eclectic can become. Uh, we, we, we're not just saying you have to do the chandi. We, this happens to be a class on chandi. Wait until next month when we do a class on... We just finished the class on Shiva. Wait until next month we do a class on Lakshmi or on Ram or on Hanuman or on whatever else you want to study. Yes, please. Now that you've decoded the mantras in the uh, Devyatarva Shirsham, is there any value in learning the code? Yes. <laughs> yes, there is. You should know how to use the code and how history has preserved the traditions of Sanskrit by writing in code. And you should read the, the Lolita Trishati where she has 300 names starting with 300, uh, 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 starting with 15 letters which spell out the Kadividya, 20 names in each letter. A code, a perfect symmetry, a mathematical impossibility in today's lexicon. You should know the majest majesty of Sanskrit literature. Shamiji, you are chanting thousand name of Durga, all do, 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 do. Yes. <laughs> and that is a code. That is. And it started with the, not with the. And it said the. <laughs> that was the code, Dodo. <laughs> yes, please. We have a question from Julia. Namaste, Julia. Why are there parts in the Chandi that repeat themselves? Oh, how many times do I repeat myself? <laughs> we all repeat ourselves. The, there are accents and they, we emphasize certain passages that come again and again. 
And we take excerpts, for example, Namastasye, 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 Namo Namaha. Why, why would I hesitate to repeat that? <laughs> How could I possibly hesitate to repeat that? So it comes in the fifth chapter, and then we took the entire tantric Devi Shuktam and made it a separate chapter by itself. At the end of the book, after the Rigvedoktam Devi Shuktam, we have the Tantroktam Devi Shuktam, which says the same thing. Namastasya, 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 Namo Namaha. All right, you said it, Swami. How many times do you have to say it again? Is there any hesitation to say it again and again and again? <laughs> That's why. We have a question from Laura. Namaste, Laura. Namaste. Could you please explain more about the relationship between the form of the Devi and the Dhyanam and the rest of the chapter? Is the particular form of the goddess in each Dhyanam supposed to be the remedy for the particular thought that the goddess battles in the chapter? Actually, uh, she, the various uh, uh, forms for each chapter preside over that chapter and they energize that chapter that is the form of the goddess which really prevails in the battle. So that's why we are prefacing uh, as a preface to each chapter. We're explaining the qualities and characteristics, the depiction of the form of the goddess which confronts the negativities in that chapter. We have a question from Joseph. Namaste, Joseph. Pranam, when we lead Kirtan, do we absorb all the negative energies of those chanting on the response? No. You don't have to. Why would you do that? <laughs> Get so deep into the Kirtan that you forget about the existence of the other people. <laughs> Forget, you're just there with God. Why would you take on the negative characteristics of all the people who are chanting? You are inspiring them to put out positivity. Joseph, don't, don't go into the negative. Don't even worry about it. You're inspiring divinity. Appreciate. The, the, the sincerity of the devotees who are responding to your call. You are calling for a divine response. So, inspire them. Don't worry about taking on their negativities. That's not kirtan. Kirtan is losing yourself, submerging yourself in the bhavana of godliness. It's not thinking about negatives and they're putting out negativities, I'm putting out, I'm taking those negativities, where are you going to take them to? Leave them there! Don't get involved! No, it's, it's not an issue. No, no contender. We have a question from Moshimi in Boulder. Namaste Moshimi Ma! Pranam. Since Guru Kripa is the ultimate factor to attain self-realization in moksha, should all, of our be, should all of our sadhana be directed towards the goal of pleasing the Guru to get her grace? Remember the Kripa is what you do, Kri, is what you get, Pa. 
Now, what pleases the guru? What you do. Gets you the grace. What you get. So if guru says, do the puja, do the puja. If she says, do the chandi, do the chandi, then you'll, the guru will be pleased and you will get the grace. Well, Shoei, it, 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 that's what the guru wants, is for you to make yourself into a, a shish. You'll be the perfect reflection of what the guru does. And she may say, cook a dish tonight, or she may say, make a bed for tomorrow night, or she may say whatever she says, do it! She's not going to tell you to jump off the bridge. She's going to say, do as I do. Follow my example. Don't just sit there unconsciously waiting for some grace to come, descending down like a lightning bolt from heaven, descending on poor little unworthy me. You'll wait a long time. She says, do as I do. I, what does she do? She gets up in the morning, she does the puja. She goes over to the kitchen and she cooks for everybody in the three worlds. And then she comes back and she does the puja. And then she chants the chandi. And then she comes back and she takes a little refreshment for herself. And then she goes and cooks for other people again. And she goes to the store and buys more stuff so that she can get... Oh, what does she do? Do what she does. Follow the example. And then we are disciples. Don't just sit around saying, oh, poor me. I can't work in this environment. There's too many weeds growing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's, the, the grass is growing too slowly. I can't work in such an environment. The... the the deer are distracting me. <laughs> Do what she does, Moshomi, and you'll get the grace. You'll become a shish. You'll become the disciple. We have a question from Srini in Bangalore. Namaste, Mr. Srini Baba. We are enjoying your wife so much. Thank you. That was the nicest gift you could have sent me. The, the next best thing would be if you came yourself. Pranam, Swamiji. How do we start the process of taking refuge in mother? <laughs> the journey of 10,000 miles begins with one step. <laughs> Take one step towards mother and she'll come running towards you. So, now, how do you start? You start with an inspiration. Pratamang Shri Cha. And then you start learning about what turns you on. And then you start practicing what you learn. Hey, we, we put this whole beautiful, Pushpa's been writing it down every day. She's got a beautiful presentation every day. She's got another goddess. What are the, how do you start? Take the inspiration and cultivate the knowledge and start practicing. Use your knowledge and refine it, make it better, make yourself more efficient, make yourself more attentive, make yourself more 
endowed with capabilities so that you can focus your attention so when the deer call, you won't be distracted. <laughs> Mom. Yeah, enter into the Baba Zone! <laughs> yes, please. Why is the goddess like the nine so much? Like the Navaratri and the nine Durgas? And well, she, she likes the threes, too. Yeah. Yeah, she likes the fours. Rama's got four faces, <laughs> yeah. and they're to, to her body. She likes the fives. She likes the sixes. Kartike's got six heads. She likes the seven levels of consciousness. She likes the eights. I need your loving eight days a week. <laughs> she likes the nines. And my mom's a ten. <laughs> we have a question from Tukaram. Namaste, Tukaram. What is the best way to learn Sanskrit? Is there some program you can recommend? Yes. Cry. <laughs> <laughs> Sanskrit without tears is a dream! <laughs> I had a dream! <laughs> and then I started crying. <laughs> and when you cry for God with the sincerity, you know, Sanskrit's got, every, every language has got its own baba. You know, so the, the Eskimos have 27 words to describe snow. Sanskrit's got this bhavana of internal experience. It's got more words for consciousness and more states of subtle awareness than we can ever describe in English. It can only point you in the direction. So in order to study Sanskrit, you have to go into the experience. Now you have to understand why, what is my motivation for studying Sanskrit? Tukaram, do you want to be, become the pundit, the biggest pundit on the block and say, I know? Or do you want to go around and teach people to recite the alphabet? Caw, 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 you know? <laughs> do, you want, you, do you want to be a full, uh, do you want to be uh, a, a Jyotishi? Would you like to be an astrologer and be, tell people what's going to happen to them? Yes, you're going to win the lottery and you're going to have two boys and a girl. <laughs> Do you, what do you want from Sanskrit? For me, I wanted to experience those subtle states, the subtle distinctions in intuitive awareness. So Sanskrit was important to me as a tool of moving inside and how can I move my awareness along with the understanding of the meaning of those words, those syllables, those sounds, those vibrations. How do they translate into experience for me? And that's how and why I studied Sanskrit. So I may be weak in grammar. I haven't used it in a long time. Not even in English. But, but there's, there's something in the puja when you start worshiping and you give her all your love and all your bhavana, all your feeling and all your... When she accepts it, when she comes in chapter 13 and says, what do you want? Why are you making so much noise? Why are you chanting this scripture? And I say, I want pure devotion. She says, Tathastu. There are just some days where you could just sit there for the rest of the day. Until some 
thing came along like a bulldozer and picked you up and moved you off that asan. There are just some things, if you know why, you can know how much you can give. Once you define your motivation, what do I want from this study? Am I looking for another profession? Do I want to go out and become a grammarian or a historian or a Sanskrit teacher or a pundit or a, a translator? Or do I want to be a sadhu who goes inside and uses this to go inside? Once you've got that understood, you'll know how to study Sanskrit. And I'll tell you how I did it, just for your clarification. Because I wasn't really happy with studying grammar. That was really boring. But I studied enough grammar so that I could understand pretty much what they were talking about. And then I looked at the roots. So I put my emphasis on the philosophical meaning of the roots. Darshan Shastra. And if I could pick out the root, it doesn't matter if it was past present, future, present, continuous, past, perfect, whatever grammar, grammatical construction was irrelevant. Because what was important to me was what was changing in my life because I was going to the root. It was not a history of what was, it's not a battle that went in the clouds, it's something that I'm fighting right now and it's my Mahishasha, my great ego that I'm trying to subdue. I'm trying to make him surrender to the Divine Mother. So for me, I studied enough grammar to understand the construction and then I studied Darshan Shastra and I studied the roots and then I studied Padoti. And I studied how do you weave the different appendages of Sanskrit studies into one sadhana, into one disciplined offering of my love, a scripted offering of my, the sincerity of my devotion to God. And that's how I studied. So along with Sanskrit, you have to study yoga. You have to study philosophy. You have to study the history. You have to study literature because you can't study the history if you don't read a book. <laughs> I mean, there's only two ways you get the history, and one is from a book and the other is from the guru. And if the guru isn't sitting there by your ears telling you the history all day long and all night long, then the next best thing is pick up a book. And so you study the literature, and you study the history, and you study the grammar, you study the pronunciation, and you study the philosophy, and you study what time do I do what puja? When is Navaratri starting? And what day is Ram Navami? And I'm going to sing the Sundarkand instead of the Chandi, or after the Chandi, or in addition to the Chandi. Or, and I'm going to, what day do I do which puja for which reason? And once I have that tantra, I've got all the ingredients to weave my tapestry of my expression, my application of all my knowledge, of all that I've been learning, I can make that as my offering to God. 
Tantra means to weave the warp and the woof and the cloth. You weave all the disciplines of Sanskrit. When you study yoga, you study Ashtanga yoga. You do stuff with your body. You do stuff with your breath. You do stuff with your mind. I mean, you, you learn how to sit still. You learn how to chant. You learn how to breathe. You learn how to keep that prana. And I'm not just talking about the breath. I'm talking about your life force. So in such a way that you can make pran pratish. You can establish your life force into another object or being. That's pran pratish. That's part of the puja. That's part of the yajna. That's the home. Shami, he can read Shami Nigantu. We can, we can all read Swami Nigantu. Uh, Tukram, uh, mom says you should read the Swami Niganta. I don't know where you'll find it. <laughs> Maybe it's been posted on our website. Uh, if not, send me an email. We have a question from Julia. Now, yes, Julia, mom. In one part of the Chandi, you translate Ye as the grantor of boons who removes all fear. Is this the meaning that we apply to all deities when we add ye or ya? No. Uh, no. Ye as an appendage uh, to the goddesses. Any goddess means dative case. Uh, so, chamundaye, it, it means to the goddess, and it's translated uh, as. Uh, uh, Hooray for the goddess! <laughs> I'm giving my praise to the goddess! It, it, it means it's dative case. It, so uh, it, that comes, uh, th that definition that I gave came from the Sanskrit of that mantra. And if you want, I'll show it to you. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's in the Siddha Kundika Stotram and it will be. Uh, the grantor of boons is to the grantor of boons. Enkari Sristi Rupayaki Rinkari Pratipalika Klinkari Chamundai Yekari Bordaini. Bordaini is Yekar. So the letter Ye stands for the lady who gives the boon. The grantor of boons. That's what it translates as in the mantra, the verse, literally. However, it's grammatical construction. <laughs> and you got to take it with a grain of salt because the grammatical construction means to the goddess. But the philosophical implication is she's going to give you a boon if you give her your love, if you give her your prod, if you give her your attention, she'll give you the boon. Ye kari. It means she, the letter ye. Inkara, rinkara, klinkara, ye kara. To those letters, that letter, yay, means the giver of boons to her. We bow. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you.